Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. so many headlines that we could touch on here at the outset of this particular hour. I am going to lift up uh, one about the birth rate in the United States of America. So we just have the CDC reporting out birth statistics, not birth certificates. Mine might need another cup of coffee. The latest CDC birth statistics data show that for the fifth year in a row, the number of babies born in the U.S. is on the decline. Okay, so um, this is based on 2019 data. So last year, overall, uh, here's the trend line. More than 3.7 million births in the United States last year. That sounds like a pretty good number of babies. However, that represents a 1% dip just since 2018 um, and the lowest number of births since 1985. I graduated from high school in 1986. So um, this is the lowest number since, uh, you know, since I was in high school, which, you know, I'm old now. So uh, when we talk about the fertility rate, that's really the, you know, that would be the number. The fertility rate is the number of concern to us as a culture, as a nation. Like you have to be reproducing it just in order to um, survive as a country. Right. So sort of think about this as the replacement rate. The general fertility rate for 2019, which represents the rate at which the majority of women of reproductive age um, are presently having kids. So it was, here's the number, 58.2 births per thousand women. That is a 2% drop from 2018. So that's not sustainable, just for the record. All right, so other uh, other maybe things to note, um, and I would view this one as like particularly good news. The birth rate among teenagers reached a record low last year. That's good news. Um Delivery by C-section continued to decline slightly last year. I also recognize that as good news because, you know, God actually created the female body to have a baby without surgical intervention. Um, And so only in cases where the life of the mother or the life of the child are at risk, in my view, should there be a C-section. But I recognize that a lot of people like to, you know, sort of manage the process themselves um, and pick a day and time. And so so there you go. Um, Preterm births. Okay, so here we're talking about uh, preemies. Preterm births rose for a fifth year in a row and are at the highest rate in a decade. Um, Okay, so that is that is sort of good news and bad news. The bad news is we're not carrying our babies to term, which means they're going to be born with a lot, uh, a lot more need, a lot more need for medical intervention. Um, The good news is we are able to um, help a baby live and survive um, at much at much earlier and earlier ages and stages. So there you go. That would be uh, a one news item that you might want to talk about today. Um, there are all kinds of related headlines out there in terms of life and new life. This one may be the most controversial. Planned Parenthood affiliates across the country improperly applied for and received $80 million from the stimulus money um, approved by Congress. And so um, they're not allowed to have that money. They have to return it. 
they weren't even supposed to apply for it. Um, so you're probably going to see that spike in the news as well. Federal dollars are not supposed to go to fund abortion. So uh, up next, my conversation with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Here is our subject matter. What can the church do to get ready for the coming economic realities? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me now, Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. Okay, you and I have a lot to cover today. The, the <laughs> yeah, giant. <laughs> okay, so here's the giant subject matter area. What can the church do uh, to get ready for the coming economic realities? First of all, what are the coming economic realities, and then how can we prepare for them? Yeah, to, uh, to uh, summarize this, the coming economic reality, and I think it is going to happen this year and next, is that our national debt on an annual basis is going to exceed our national GDP, gross domestic product, which is a measure of all the goods and services, the output of our economy. And once a country starts to exceed its debt on an, on a, on the, in the same time period that of, of its GDP, um, investors start to look at that, people who buy the debt of the government, they start to look at that and they say, you know, this government may not ever be able to pay me back. And so uh, it becomes harder for the government to sell their debt. Usually they have to sell it at a higher rate. And uh, this debt starts to choke out economic growth. It starts to crowd out monies that would normally be available for investments in new businesses, which provide new jobs, that kind of thing. And uh, I think this is the coming economic reality. The COVID, we were going to get there anyways, Carmen, quite frankly, but the COVID uh, virus has propelled us exponentially quicker towards that uh, reality. Okay. And so I think that uh, immediately, Bill, the question is going to be, well, uh, so what? Um, Who buys the debt? Like, why should we worry about that? Um, And then uh, isn't everybody in the same boat now? Oh, you mean everybody in terms of all the countries around the yeah, world? Yeah, like globally, like, you know, so it only matters if we're the worst off, if we're actually the worst off. But if everybody else is bad off, too, then do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying yeah, to give you the layperson's on the road, on the on the street take, which is not, you know, you know not very good, I recognize. I, I, It's like saying we're the best looking horse in the glue factory. Yes, there you go. Okay, that's what it's like saying, yeah, I'm the best looking horse. I'm a stallion. I'm a stud. I'm still in the glue factory. Economic laws are what they are. You violate them to your peril. Look, uh, the people who buy the debt tend to be uh, uh, all kinds of funds that we invest in. Uh, Companies buy the debts. Other countries buy our debt. China owns over a trillion dollars of our debt right now. And so uh, who buys the debt? It's a whole host of different uh, people. What happens when they stop buying the debt or they curtail the debt they're they're buying is that we're not able to fund everything we're trying to do as a government because we are dependent on two sources of revenue. One is our regular tax base from both individuals and companies, but the other one is being able to sell debt so that we can fund what we do. Okay, so... um... 
highly likely that we will be what, just in layman's terms, would be upside down. <laughs> is that is that a good Correct. way to understand this? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to be uh, upside, upside down. down. We we as a nation are going to be upside down in terms of our our debt to equity, like our ability to pay off our debt. We are going to um, we're going to be upside down on our loans. So if if that were to happen to us on a personal level, um, we might declare bankruptcy. Correct. But that's not an option, I assume, for the U.S. government. Um, and so tell us what happens next. Well, it's really anyone's guess. We really don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. You don't know. Uh, the talking markets heads don't, don't like markets don't like that kind of uncertainty. Am I right? You're right. And so the stock market probably takes a hit. Uh, investors who buy the government debt will probably demand a higher rate of return here. Uh, we know that interest rates will rise as a result of this, which means that the government will spend more money servicing the debt that it already has. Now, right now, today, we spend about $400 billion a year just on interest servicing our federal debt, which is about 9%, a little bit under that, but I rounded up to 9% of all of our federal outlays, okay? You raise that for every percentage point you go up, you go up a certain amount of dollars if if we went from a, a prime of say three percent to six percent, that four hundred billion probably goes to six or seven hundred billion a year, and and we don't have the cash to pay the interest, so we got to borrow that cash. Um, Ooh, it's the, never it's, good to have to borrow no, to pay your interest no. on your loan. That's never good. That's Correct. never good. Correct. And our largest creditor. Uh, within the overall debt structure, so our debts right now are at about 21 to 22. No, I'm sorry, our overall federal debt is 25 trillion. My bad, I was getting my numbers mixed up. Our largest creditor within that is Social Security. Uh, we borrow we, again. So, we're borrowing against Social Security to pay our other bills. And that was by design when they passed the Social Security law back in the 30s. Okay, so by, which means that for a person who maybe is 14 years from 65, because, you know, it, all, it only matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I graduated in 79. You graduated okay. in 86? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's okay. So, uh, well, look how, look how much further along you are than I am. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so getting back to this question of uh, borrowing against Social Security. So, um, someone who is, you know, let's just say hypothetically 14 years away from quote unquote retirement, which who knows? I mean, 65 sounds like a crazy young age to retire today. But um, let's just say that that is the age. Um, maybe I shouldn't be counting on it being there because we may have borrowed against it to the point that it doesn't exist. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. And and you have all these unfunded spending mandates coming up over the next 20 years that we don't have any money for this. This idea that we have a Social Security trust fund is a canard. It, it just doesn't exist. And so uh, the only place they can get money is through current taxes or through borrowing. And uh, yeah, Social Security, I don't think is going to be there in any meaningful form. And I'm 59. Uh, I have eight years till I can start really fully retiring in theory on Social Security. I don't plan on it being there. It's it's not even part of my retirement picture, to be honest with you. All right. Bill English and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. He is actually going to tell us what then the church should do now, anticipating what is coming in terms of economic realities here in the United States. We'll be right back. Come on. 
All right, I am talking with Bill English. We are talking about a brand new piece he has posted at BibleAndBusiness.com. What the church can do to get ready for the coming economic realities. Um, What's on your list of what the church can do now? You know, there's really two things we can do now. Number one is get out of debt. And that that's just not the local church institution. That's the members of the church, too. Uh, we've got to get out of debt. Uh, if you're considering a uh, huge expansion of your facilities, I would advise that you rethink that. Spending 10, 20, 30, 50 million dollars on a new facility, you may need that money five years from now uh, to do ministry, and you'll wish you hadn't put it into brick and mortar. Uh, the other thing is that we have to develop at the grassroots, Carmen, we have to develop a, 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 a mindset and an ethos, an ethic, an attitude of generosity. You know, the, you know this, and I know this, that the average, the average Christian in the average pew only ties about 3%. And we're going to need them giving 10 times that amount when these economic realities finally hit, because the need across our, our country is going to be so great, and our opportunity to minister to other people through economic means is going to be so significant that if we are in the same boat with them, we will be impotent to be able to minister to them. If we can minister from a position of economic strength because we don't have debt, because we have saved our money, then we will be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as we are handing out dollars, as we're handing out food in ways that we have not been able to in in the recent past. And we have got to get people in the average pew thinking about somebody else rather than their own 401k or rather than their own retirement. All right. So we got to get out of debt and we have to become, um, generosity has to actually become our ethic. Um, I have a few more ideas. Go, go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you may not like it. I mean, it's your I don't show. Know. You know, well, I mean, you know, I'm 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 a person that likes to sort of think on the creative edge of things. So one of the things that I think churches must do if they're not already doing it is have a very serious conversation about their pastor becoming a tent maker or their pastor going on the payroll of somebody else that then loans the pastor to the church. So um, because for many for many churches, you know, they, they are in a paid off building in lots of places across the country. Um, but their their burden is not only that they need to pay their pastor, but that the pastor needs like real benefits like health, health care and all kinds of other things. And so if you could get your pastor on the payroll of a local business who then assigned the workload of uh, back to the church. Right. So they're a tent maker, but really they're their job is ministry. So this is just a creative way of creating maybe sure. a, uh, a private partnership. Um, also, businesses could be hosting churches, and therefore churches don't have to build parking lots. They don't have to build buildings. Businesses could um, offer their facilities for, uh, for use by the church. And so just think creatively about the space that you have, maybe space that's going to be coming available because you're now going to allow lots of your employees to telecommute. Um, maybe everybody's not coming back to your building and you're wondering how you're going to use your building in a way that not only you know is good for business, but good for the kingdom. Um, maybe you could partner with a local church who is in a an upside down uh, debt in terms of their building. And you could say, hey, you can come use our facility. You can use our parking lot. You don't need, you know, you don't necessarily need a building of your own, you know, be 
you know, sort of uh, the people of God being in a tent. Um, you could at least have some sort of um, uh, some sort of creative income streams for your church that are not just donation based. Yeah, I like both of those. Really, uh, uh, spreading the cost of overhead over. Oh, see, I knew you'd have better. You'd have have better ways of saying it. (laughs) Spreading the cost of overhead. That's good. Come on, you know I I I love you, Carmen. Come on now. Uh, Good. I need better words. Spreading spreading the cost of overhead over multiple entities makes sense. Um, I think we're going to be driven back to our homes much more often than what we anticipate uh, for church. And this whole Zoom thing, the online church thing, I think it's going to become more accepted and more uh, common than, than what we might realize. You know, maybe maybe not for everybody on Sunday morning because we don't want to, you know, I love to get together with my peeps, um, with the people oh, of the yeah. church. Um, but I do recognize that the it is so much more reasonable, particularly where it's a long drive to get together. Um, great to be able to join something that is already happening on the church campus and for me to be able to join it remotely, either because I'm shut in or I have a person in my family um, who, you know, because of age and stage of life or whatever, I can't leave during the time that something is going on at church that I really want to participate in. I really hope that the church thinks creatively about those opportunities going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope that the church, uh, the church body at the grassroots level starts to realize that our opportunities to minister are not through programmatic means only uh, that are approved by an elder board at a church, uh, that we have a ton of opportunity to minister to people directly, but we need to do it from a position of strength and have some margin there. Otherwise, we're going to be in the same boat they're in. I'm glad I'm in the boat with you, man. It's good. Yeah, it's good to be it's on good. the air with you. It really is. Yeah, it really is. It's really good. All right, have a uh, have a blessed week. We will talk with you again next week, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. All right, I look forward to it. All right, that's Bill English. Check out his brand new piece at BibleAndBusiness.com, what the church can do to get ready for the coming economic realities. We'll be right back. Ravi Zacharias, I don't know about you, but uh, he is a voice that speaks in my head and heart as well. Appreciate John Stone Street's reflection there. Um, All right. So uh, we have celebrated and then kind of lamented the rise and then disappearance of some good news, which uh, was John Krasinski's attempt to get some good news out during the coronavirus epidemic. But guess what? There are people who are pressing out good news all the time. And so next up, I'm going to talk with Rob Neely from Inspire More. You can find it all at inspiremore.com. We'll be right back. All right, again, I want to um, thank all of you who participated in our Spring Share fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, for those of you who are, are continuing to listen but have never moved from passive listening to active giving... We, we want to still invite you to do so. It actually does change the way you listen. I had a listener testimony um, from somebody who gave for the very first time during our Spring Share fundraiser, and he texted in, you know what, Carmen, you were right. It does change the way that I listen now that I know that I'm a part of uh, putting this broadcast on the air. I'm a part of the good news going forth. I'm a part of 
the way that the, the saints are being equipped for the ministry that God has prepared in advance for us to do. So if you want to um, become an active part of the ministry, we want to invite you to do that. We have a gap to close. We're trying to mind the gap. Uh, we have a gap to close uh, between now and our fiscal year end at the end of June. And so we would really appreciate your consideration today of a gift of any size. You can always give securely online at MyFaithRadio.com. You can text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484, or you can call us at 877-933-2484 and give there as well. Thanks in advance. We'll be right back. This is Max Locato. Dad, would you intentionally break the arm of your child? Of course not. Such an action violates every fiber of your moral being. Yet, if you engage in sexual activity outside your marriage, you'll bring more pain into the life of your child than a broken bone. Mom, would you force your children to sleep outside on a cold night? By no means. Yet, if you involve yourself in an affair, you'll bring more darkness and chill into the lives of your children than a hundred winters. Actions have consequences. Make this your rule of thumb. Do what pleases God. Your classmates show you a way to cheat. The Internet provides pornography to watch. When these things happen, ask yourself the question, How can I please God? Psalm 4 verse 5 says, Do what is right as a sacrifice to the Lord. You will never go wrong doing what is right. This is Max Locato. Joining me now via Skype is Rob Neely Jr. Rob, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. You are already like a person I like a lot because (laughs) this is so great. This is so fun. Okay. So the website is inspiremore.com, inspiremore.com. I just uh, a few minutes ago signed up to get... um, the morning smile. I have now joined the 455,000 plus people uh, starting each day with good news from inspiremore.com. Um, so tell us sort of what, I mean, you know, right now there's a German shepherd who becomes the best friend to an orphaned fawn. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Band teachers are going on <laughs> tour to perform uh, fight songs for graduating musicians. Um, I mean, on and on and on. So talk with us about what we find when we go to inspiremore.com. Yeah, absolutely. Well, excited to be here. So inspiremore.com exists to be the hub for all the good news and most inspiring things in the world. Uh, So we really try to cover the full gambit of that. So that can be, like you mentioned, uh, animal videos all the way to hero stories, uh, solution news. So reporting on what are the good things that are happening around COVID. Uh, We do pieces on innovation, health, art, uh, we really we like to say if CNN or Fox News was all positive, completely positive, that's what we do. Okay, so um, there are I love Joseph Clark and Brianna Harper. So uh, if you scroll down on the page, if you go to inspiremore.com and you scroll down on the page, you're going to see an uncle and a niece with this unbelievable soulful cover of uh, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Like that, I could just like revel in. That is so fun. Um, talk with us about uh, how this came to be and and sort of how it's grown, because it's uh, it's grown pretty fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was just a crazy God story. So I was previously a strategy consultant and then basically went to mini seminary and got a master's degree in leadership and ethics and saw this golden thread that all humans, no matter who you are, we all have this very deep desire to be loved and to love others. And so a different flavor of that is to be inspired and to inspire others. Um, so back in the summer of 2013, kind of just got this idea for what if we could cover the most inspiring things in the world, put it all together on media, distribute it to tons of people. And so without really knowing what we were doing, we launched in March of 2014 with three people, one and a half of us paid <laughs> and uh, with almost no funding. And we just bootstrapped and uh, growth hacked our way up and, uh, you know, X number of years later, we're still rolling and going, and we have about 12 million people and followers within our community, and uh, our biggest focus is our email because it's a truly excellent product that highlights the best of the best things in the world. Um, so yeah, that's that's the high level of our story. Um, others have taken note, um, and that is fun. I'm wondering, uh, in terms of the conversations you've had to this point, which conversation you know, with a media outlet or, you know, but you've talked to so many people already. Um, I'm just wondering if there's one that kind of stands out in your mind and you're like, wow, I was really blessed and honored that this person or group or institute took note of what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say the biggest surprise was John Krasinski with his Some Good News uh, YouTube Which show. I have likened we're... you unto. I love yes, it. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So we, we were featured in the first episode um, as one of the providers of good news. So that, that was awesome. I mean, he's, he's great and a huge deal. And uh, we don't know if he found us the day before producing that or if he'd been a longtime fan. But that was definitely exciting because that's, that thing has had so much traction and it's just bringing a lot of people joy. So that was great. Well, it's my understanding that he, you know, essentially sort of did his last episode this past Sunday night. And so I, basically what I'm saying to people is, look, we all still need good news and we still need it every single day. And you guys are providing it at inspiremore.com. Um, and we can go there. You've already aggregated it from around the world. Um, and we can we can revel. We can celebrate. We can enjoy together, rejoice together um, in the good and the beautiful and the true. And I just I appreciate that. Talk with us about the power of a good news story. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I know that it's not just powerful in terms of, you know, sort of our, our the way we're thinking about things, but talk about just the power of a good news story. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, from a physical and chemical standpoint, it's more powerful than you would you would think or expect. Uh, I mean, you can, you can kind of think about it, right, that when you see something that takes you out of your element and maybe brings a smile to your face – it has the power to change your entire day. And so there's actually a chemical reaction that goes on in your in your body when that happens. You know, you, your body releases dopamine and endorphins when you see something that elicits positive emotions. Um, so it can physically and chemically change how you see your day. And on the flip side, when you see things that make you anxious or stressed, it can do the opposite. And so we're big fans of this idea of a media diet, right? So if you're Take food, for example. If you don't think proactively about your food and you just eat cheeseburgers and nachos and donuts all the time, that's not going to be good. And it's the same with media. With media, if you just consume things reactively as they hit you, whether you're scrolling or on Netflix and you end up consuming bad things, that can have a 
very detrimental effect to your psyche, to your perspective, to your worldview. And so we just really try to encourage a balanced media diet, you know, stay informed and then have a little reactive time where you just scroll and then make sure you're getting the good stuff, you know, make sure you're proactively pursuing and seeking and consuming stories that give you life and give you hope. And that's what we're all about at Inspire More. Stories of life and hope. We need more of that. You guys need to check it out at inspiremore.com. We'll be right back. In the streets of Ireland, all the children had to do was play. And everybody loves everybody in the good old USA. We sure could use a little good news today. All right, continuing my conversation with Rob Neely Jr. Um, via Skype. We are talking about inspiremore.com. I am now scrolling their Twitter feed at inspiremore underscore. So inspiremore is uh, is on Twitter and all your socials. So I'm uh, I'm scrolling your Twitter feed right now, Rob, uh, at inspiremore underscore. Uh, tell us about this sweet five-year-old who has surprised thousands of essential workers with goodie bags. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I personally actually haven't seen that one yet. You know, oh, see? We... <laughs> okay, see, oh, I love it when you're surprised. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> uh, let, tell us about one you are familiar with. What's a, what is something that we would find right now um, on inspiremore.com that is a story that inspires you? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it uh, that I sometimes don't know because we use technology and a human network to comb the entire Internet as much as we possibly can. And that's really our strength. How do we find the best of the best? So we're filtering to through thousands and thousands of things every day to find the best of the best. Um, for me personally, I, I've loved these things of people um, living fully during lockdown time. And so there's a couple that one is people in their backyard just living it up. And I think that's so special because I think so often we as humans, we can think, oh, man, what's next? I need something else. And I think this lockdown time has taught us that we can enjoy what we have a lot more. Another one is people recreating their favorite travel photos as a family, just doing it in their house and kind of striking the same pose and maybe building a similar background. And it's the same, it's the same concept. How do you be thankful for what you have and where you are right now and live in the moment? And I think that's just so powerful. People um, seem to be noticing more. Like we are, we are paying closer attention and we are noticing more. Um, you guys have a piece posted right now, um, you know, about a garbage man who he noticed that a woman whose trash was ordinarily out every time he went past was not out on this particular occasion. And um, and he took note of it mm-hmm. and um, saved her life. Yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. like, right? I mean, so I just think that the, you know, COVID-19 is is horrible and we are um, and we're grieving with those who are grieving, but it's also mobilizing people in ways um, that are really extraordinary. And I appreciate that you have highlighted so many of those good news, do good stories at Inspire More. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the bar is just so low to love people. And I think, you know, God has wired us to love people. And so even the smallest thing of smiling at someone or noticing something or writing a note, you know, not, not to say even bigger things. I mean, the, the impact that can happen if we all would just do small things, it's amazing. <laughs> okay. 
So now this is the danger of scrolling inspiremore.com because you're going to end up, <laughs> right? You're going to end up on uh, on posts like this. FedEx driver starts taking pups with him on his deliveries after doggy daycare closes. Okay, they have on little, they're little dachshunds. They have on little FedEx jerseys and they're wearing little sunglasses and they're so cute. Okay, yes. Oh, they have on little masks. Oh, my goodness. Yes, as you scroll down, it gets funnier and funnier and just really joyful. So if you need a lift in your day, if you need not only a story to brighten your day, um, but you need a good news story to pass on to somebody else, to provoke a positive conversation today about uh, the presence of God in the world and the good that people are doing, even in the midst of COVID-19, I want you to check out inspiremore.com. Um, so, okay, you've talked about how you guys, you know, quote unquote, comb the internet. Ta- how does how does a person do that? Like when you say that, that sounds like kind of a technological thing. Um, what are, I mean, are there people like sitting and just like massively just reading and doing Google searches? And how does it happen? Yeah, it's it's all of the above. It's a mix. Uh, so we use a few technologies where we can search all over. We can search for specific things. We can have these technologies show us trending things. We have thousands of people submit stories to us. We okay, talk about that... how do you do, talk about how we do that? Because my guess is there's people listening right now that are like, oh, I have a hometown hero. I have a person doing good. I have a good news story. How do they submit yeah. a story to inspiremore.com? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I would encourage everyone to sign up for our daily email, The Morning Smile. And within that, we always have a submit button. And then cool. on our website also at the bottom, there is a contact us. And so we have lots of ways, basically any form that you ever see on our site or in our email, you can send us a story. Um, and then we also have a good news dashboard and right on there, there's just a bit of story button. So there, we try to make it accessible with lots of buttons, <laughs> but through the email is typically the best way. Okay. And you can actually see today's email um, even if you didn't, if you didn't sign up with it in time for it to, I guess, go out over email, you can still actually view today's email on the Inspire More website. And so if you were, uh, gonna, gonna look today at today's Inspire More morning smile, start your day with a smile, you would, you would learn this, which I didn't know. Happy birthday, blue jeans. 147 years ago today, businessman Levi Strauss and Taylor Jacob Davis, uh, received a patent to create waist overalls, work pants reinforced with metal rivets, and the blue jean was born. Well, I'm going to wear blue jeans today. <laughs> that's so fantastic. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think that's part of inspiration. It's you get hope and then you also get perspective. You learn things and then you're emotionally moved. And that's what we tried to do in that email, especially. All right. You will also get to read today an essay by Mrs. Laura Bush entitled All Around Us, There Are Helpers. Um, and the uh, the link to the FedEx driver with his puppies, which those of some of you are already texting me about, uh, is in today's uh, morning smile email as well. On and on and on. What a joy. What a delight. Rob Neely, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm all signed up. I'm in. I'm now in the Inspire More uh, family. Uh, you've got Let's me go. now. Great. It's a dangerous place to be, I bet. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, what fun, what joy. We'll be right back. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. God is on the move, on the move. Together.
great. I, I'm now I'm now more dangerous than I ever was before because <laughs> I now have I now have a whole like new source of uh, of good news headlines that I didn't have before, and I'm so happy about it. So Paul Perot. Yes. I think that you're the one who brought us Inspire More. Uh, and so, thank you. You're welcome. Actually, I've been using them because I, uh, for those who listen up in our FM area, I'm sometimes on the weekends, well, oftentimes on the weekends, on our music sister station up there. And a lot of the stories I share, and I, I told Rob, I do attribute it to Inspire More. I, it's a great website. It's so fun. It's so fun. I, um... I no longer feel so sad that John Krasinski's not doing some good news because I feel feel like I'm going to get my daily dose and I, it makes me so happy. I have a friend um, whose name is Katie who, she, when we were sort of in regular time, like I don't know what time we're now. Now we're in COVID time. It's just like this parallel universe to reality. But when we were in regular time, Katie listened every morning with her boys. And so I don't know if she's still listening because, you know, like life is so different now. But when Katie was listening, she would periodically email me and just say, I need to know how to aggregate the news. I need to know um, where to turn, where to look. And so I think that in answer to the question of where do I go for sources of news and information, let me just tell you, you guys, that part of my process, after Paul and I have set up the show for the day in terms of our guests, part of my process uh, early, early, early in the morning, a couple of hours before we join one another here um, live on the radio, um, is I start reading a couple of aggregators, right? So people who do what Rob Neely and they're doing Inspire More, but people who are doing it in um, in sort of, you know, global trending news. And so um, I read, uh, you know, I read a a morning briefing from uh, from a guy named Mike at, at, at Axios, and I read one from Dr. Albert Moeller, and I read one from, um, I actually read one from CNN. I read one from, uh, let's see, who else do I read? I read one from something called Stat News, so I can get some updates in terms of, of medicine and technology. So I read some aggregated sources first thing in the morning so that I can be sure that I'm not just covering the news, but I'm covering it broadly uh, for you. Well, in terms of good news stories, I now have a new source, and I'm going to start using Inspire More as part of what we're going to share every day so that is really fun so paul thank you for putting all of that together Uh, as always really appreciate it paul has also been complimented by those of you listening for his perfect music selections your your music selections paul have been perfect well i don't know perfect but i'm glad i'm glad david liked them (laughs) perfect all caps perfect hey you can always communicate with us what you like what you don't like what you think uh, you'd like us to cover you can text us at 877-933-2484 you can always email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. We do love to hear from you. And so uh, let, let us know what's going on, uh, what, what, how we can pray for you, and how we can serve you better. This is a listening family, uh, and we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. So there you go. Um, have a great day, and God bless. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.